Welcome to the very first episode of the College Conservative. So, election 2020 cycle is upon us. Donald Trump is out with COVID. And Joe Biden suddenly is not afraid to come out of his basement and he starts campaigning in Florida, uh, Michigan, and the all-important battleground of Pennsylvania. So, where are we in the state of the 2020 race? Well, we have polls coming out that say Joe Biden is up 14 points nationally. CNN poll comes out says Joe Biden is up 16 points nationally. I don't think anybody actually believes that Joe Biden is up 16 points nationally, 14 points nationally. You're telling me Joe Biden is going to do double nationally what Barack Obama did to John McCain. Okay, John McCain had no enthusiasm behind him. You know, voter enthusiasm, it's a big thing. I think it's going to play a crucial part in this election. Especially when you hear so much talk about COVID. I mean, are we going to have so many voters enthused on the left to go out when they've been hearing COVID, COVID, COVID. I don't think so. I think that they're, they're, COVID is the variable come election day that Democrats are ignoring. They've been telling their voters that COVID is a big deal. You need to stay home. You shouldn't go out. You need to be living in fear. So we'll see what happens come election day. But my guess is that there will be voters on the Democratic side that stay home because of COVID. But let's get back to the ABC Washington Post poll. Joe Biden up 14 points nationally. That's really good news for Joe Biden. If they didn't oversample 15% Democrats. And a lot of these polls, they're oversampling Democrats. There's a new poll that comes up out. Donald, Donald Trump is down four points in North Carolina. But the poll oversamples Democrats 37% to 33%. So these polls are really not that good when we really dive into them and look into them. There's two new polls out for Florida today. Florida, you've got a tied race, 45%, 45% in the Suffolk poll. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But then you also have Joe Biden up 51% to 46% in the University of North Florida poll. Um, And that poll specifically oversamples Latinos on purpose. But it also breaks down the Latino vote of, of who they were sampling. And this is a key issue, and I don't think it's going to get talked about in the mainstream media. In that poll, of the Latinos that they sampled, they sampled 29% that were from Mexican descent and 6% that were from Cuban descent. Okay, the number one Latino in Florida, as far as population goes, is Cuban. Okay, so it's not 6% Cuban. It's actually more 21%, 26%, 29% Cuban population. So it oversamples those of Mexican origin. And it undersamples those of Cuban origin. And so it looks like Joe Biden is actually doing pretty good on the Latino vote. That's not actually the case, though, when you dive into who the Latinos that they're sampling are. Not all Latinos are the same, right? The Cubans are very pro-conservatives because they hate socialism. It tends to be that when you escape a communist country that you're not very pro-socialism, right? So they're going to come out in large numbers for Donald Trump. I think he'll do very well in the Latino vote for Florida. But that poll is absolute garbage when you look at who they're sampling. They're sampling, they're oversampling Mexicans in that poll, 29% as opposed to 6% Cubans. They're oversampling Mexicans in that poll, and it's going to show. It's going to show because Joe Biden, Donald Trump is not polling in the 30s with Hispanics in uh, Florida. He's polling very well. He's polling. He's probably going to beat Joe Biden with Hispanics in Florida. That's just the case. So 
what else are we looking for? If Donald Trump gets anywhere from 12 to 15% of the black vote in this election, it's over. It is over. If I don't think blacks are going to be that enthused to come out for Joe Biden. I think a lot of blacks are starting to take the red pill. I think a lot of them are. These polls are going to be interesting to really look at. You know, secondly, are the polls missing Trump voters? This is a question that I think it's almost the elephant in the room. Are the polls missing Trump voters? I'd say so. I'd say so. Because in a Minnesota rally, 8.4% of the attendees there did not vote in the past four elections. Do you know who polls typically miss? It's people that are not likely voters, people that haven't voted in the past four elections. I think that's why the polls were so off in 2016, because so much of Donald Trump's campaign was the forgotten man, the forgotten woman in this country. And they were fed up with politics as usual. And so Donald Trump came in, and there were a lot of voters who hadn't voted before, and the polls were missing them. And I think it's the same thing again. The polls are missing them. And I think a lot of Trump voters lie to the pollsters. And I think a lot of Trump voters are probably scared to be called racist. Right? There's a lot of people that are scared to be called racist. So, there's going to be a massive secret Trump vote. I think it's a real thing out there. And I think that it'll be very surprising for the mainstream media. Right? As far as how bad they're conducting polls. I mean, a 14-point national lead is absolutely atrocious. When you have Donald Trump in the 40s polling 39%, really, he has a base that is clearly 45%. All right, every single presidential approval rating, he had a base of 45%. So, so completely atrocious polling. I want to talk about what's going to happen after this election that I don't think is getting talked about enough in the mainstream media which is what happens if Donald Trump wins and what happens if Joe Biden wins. You know, the big question Donald Trump always is, will you accept the results of the 2020 election? Although they asked him the exact same question in the 2016 election, it turns out it was Hillary Clinton they should have been asking, will you accept the results? Because she refused to accept the results. She refused to accept the results in the 2016 election, but now we're having a repeat of 2016 and we're asking Donald Trump, will you accept the results of the 2016 election? Or excuse me, the 2020 election. And all Donald Trump replies and continues to say is, I will accept the results of a free and fair election. I, I, in fact, in the debate, he says, I can't accept a fraudulent election. I can't, I can't accept that if there's tons of fraud. And th- that comes almost as a shock to the mainstream media. It's like, what, you're not going to accept an unfair election? Why would Donald Trump, why would the Republican Party accept an unfair election? It's almost like people are just, well, you know, you know we don't want civil war. You know, we don't want a conflict. So, you know, even if you, it's clear that you got screwed, even if it's clear that it was a fraudulent election, we're still going to need you to accept the results. And that's a problem with Donald Trump because Donald Trump is not the normal politician. Donald Trump comes in and says, no, I'm not, I'm not accepting an unfair election. If it's fraudulent, I'm not leaving the White House. And can you blame him? What do you want him to do? Leave if it's a fraudulent election. Is there going to be election fraud? I don't know. A thousand people in Virginia received two plus ballots. A hundred thousand in Pennsylvania could be thrown out if they don't have the secrecy secrecy envelope. A hundred thousand in New York were screwed up. You have very clear ballot harvesting in Ilhan Omar's district. That's why she was able to win. Ilhan Omar was ballot harvesting. 
and nobody's talking about it. Election fraud is happening. And a lot of it, you know, the mail-in ballots and the absentee ballots, they're not the same thing. So there's going to be a problem come election day. If Donald Trump wins, I think there would be some serious violence in the streets. I mean, look how bad it is It is before the election. And a lot of it's politically motivated. A lot of these riots are to try to stir up violence, to try to stir up chaos, in hopes that Donald Trump is going to get out. And if he wins, there's going to be violence. And then what is Donald Trump going to do? He's going to send in the National Guard if states refuse to send in their National Guard. If states refuse to bring order into their streets, he will send in the National Guard. All right. So what happens then if Joe Biden wins? If Joe Biden wins, I think he'll see less violence if it's a free and fair election. If it's not a free and fair election, that's going to be a massive issue. That's going to be a massive issue, and I don't know what's going to happen. I think secession, I think independent states and states becoming independent states, I think it's a real possibility at this point. The Tenth Amendment is becoming the most abused amendment in the Constitution. The federal government has taken up way too much power and they're ignoring states' rights. And if the Democrats do exactly what they're threatening to do, which is to stack the Supreme Court, add two new states, do you think these conservative states with conservative legislatures are going to follow the federal law? No. Essentially, we have a one-party system and the judiciary branch is completely now an extension of the legislative branch. It's an illegitimate branch of government if they do what they're threatening to do, which is stack the Supreme Court, which, oh, by the way, is a massive question that Joe Biden needs to be held accountable for. And Chris Wallace in the first debate refused to hold Joe Biden's feet to the fire. Yes or no, will you stack the court? The voters deserve transparency. Chris Wallace had no problem holding Donald Trump's to the feet to the fire on climate change, of all questions. But when it comes to, will you stack the court? Will you dismantle an institution, the last check that we have on the legislative branch of government, Chris Wallace refuses to hold Joe Biden's feet to the fire. That question, if Democrats go ahead and do what they're threatening to do, why would states follow federal law that are blatantly unconstitutional? Why would they do it? And they won't. And a lot of people won't. I'm hearing talks about, there's Trump voters in Florida that said they're moving to Panama if he loses. There is going to be some serious issue in this country. I, I say we should change the name if the Democrats win. I mean, why call it America anymore? But let's talk about what's going to happen on college campuses and universities. As a college student, I've seen firsthand the left's brainwashing of students. I have a friend, and I, I go up to her, and I go, who are you going to vote for? And in a whisper, in a whisper, she says, Donald Trump. In a whisper, she had to say Donald Trump. Why? Because she knows that if she says Donald Trump loudly, she's going to be called a racist. And that's what we're talking about with secret Trump voters. There really are silent majority that, that see what's happening on the left, and they say, heck no. They see what's happening that's going on in this country, and they're like, I don't know about that. I don't know about all socialism. I kind of thought we agreed that that stuff was not too great. The problem is, though, 
you have liberal universities that are brainwashing students. I'm the biggest proponent of taking away their money. Why are we giving federal money, why are we giving state money to universities that do not support free speech, that do not allow diversity of thought? It's a massive problem. It's a massive problem that is happening all across our university something has to be done about it. And I think you have to go after the money. You threaten to take away a university's money, they'll be the biggest pro-free speech place in the nation. And look at the places that don't take federal money. They're the most conservative colleges in the nation. They're some of the best colleges in the nation. Hillsdale College, great college. And they don't take federal money. They're not bound by the federal government to throw in these culture, whatever we call them nowadays, I, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, you should look at what this the events that these universities have for students. It's uh, microaggression training and, uh, you know, uh, the uh, how to train and not offend people. Alright. So... Left-wing bias in universities, I think everybody knows that. Massive left-wing bias in our media. Massive left-wing bias in our media. CNN, I mean, it is a joke of a news network. You turn it on, you wait five minutes and it'll be something negative about Donald Trump. It's not news anymore. It's, oh, Donald Trump did not do a good job on COVID. Even though the initial estimates were two million people dead. Even though he shut down the border to China before any of the experts told him so. And Joe Biden, two weeks later, was playing politics, calling it xenophobic and racist. All right. So, there's that. So, more on this next week. We'll be recapping the vice presidential debate and looking ahead to the next presidential debate, what to be watching for. But recapping the vice president, looking ahead to the vice presidential debate, Mike Pence is a very talented debater. This is when Donald Trump really got a lot of momentum heading into 2016. And I think that, you know, the bases and polarization, this is going to be a massive debate. I think it'll be a good debate. I think it'll fire up some of the more typical Republicans. I think you'll actually see a pretty big bump in the polls after this debate. Because Mike Pence is kind of the stereotypical, you know, suit and tie politician. uh, Very uh, fit in between the lines politician. And I think there are some establishment politicians that will look at Mike Pence and be like, okay, there's a sort of return to normalcy. And I think they'll see Kamala Harris, and Kamala Harris is far left. It'll be interesting how Kamala Harris tries to navigate her policy positions that she holds versus the ticket that she's running for. Because she is a far left person. Everybody knows it. She's for socialized medicine. She's for socialized medicine. She's far left. And Joe Biden is the moderate and says, no, I want a public option. So that's something to be looking out for, how Kamala Harris navigates her policy positions with that of Joe Biden's. All right. Thank you for tuning in today.